morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever the listeners want it to be. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Chase and Birdies. How are you? Doing well, buddy. Doing well. I, all I know is that we're getting closer and closer to the golf season. Um, mm-hmm. So I am extremely excited. Yeah, you know, right now the, the grass is definitely greener. The temps are warmer. Mm-hmm. Remember, guess is right around the corner, man. It is. And I know you are really nervous. Big member guest guy here. Love the member guests. Just love the swag. Mm -hmm. Cigars, the booze, everything. It's just member guest week of any country club is the best. You're a professional member guester. You're a professional guest. I consider myself lucky. Mm -hmm. Well, we're all lucky, I guess, in some way, shape, or form. And I'll tell you what, our next guest today is lucky. He is grateful. He's a very well-rounded spiritual man and pipes. He can sing. He can sing. And uh, he's, he's very, very talented in the country music scene. Uh, he explains a little bit about what's been going on in his life as of, as of lately and uh, yeah. working hard and trying to get, trying to get it back. Yeah. It's unfortunate. The health, situation that has come up abruptly but you know it's kind of crazy how that happened and then COVID kind of happened so touring in general for these guys was shelved last week's episode with Tyler Reeve you can tell these guys they're just golfing they got so much time right now Mm -hmm. that they're golfing and they're writing a lot of songs they're trying to touch up their skills in the studio and uh, there's there's no touring going on but I think we're closer definitely and like you said today I mean we're not here to talk COVID shots, but I think people, it's probably a good thing to have just because of what, what the government may do, mm-hmm. you know, especially with concerts. I mean, I heard. Yeah, I heard in May uh, there's a concert in Nashville that you're going to have to be fully vaccinated to go. Yeah, it's happening. So it's, take care of yourselves, people. That's all we wanted to touch on on, on the COVID. Yeah, so Drake White uh, will be joining us today. And for those of you who have not had a chance to listen to Drake White, uh, the guy is an absolute magical singer behind the mic, and he is a passionate golfer, although he's probably not done too much golfing as of late. but well, that's, uh, that's how we met him. Yeah. We met him through golf. And again, everything comes back to golf. It does. So uh, I think all y'all will enjoy this episode with Drake, and uh, I think we're ready to just roll, roll right into this. What do you say? Let's roll. As you all know by now, Chase and Birdies is proud to be partners with Holderness and Bourne. Check them out online at hbgolf.com. Holderness and Bourne makes fabulous pieces that help you look good on the course, even if your game is not up to par. Check out their new arrivals now for this golf season. Also, head on over to chaseandbirdies.com to get some custom Chase and Birdie gear from Holderness and Bourne. We'll continue to drop these pieces through every season. That's chaseandbirdies.com. And Holderness and Born at hbgolf.com. This guy has incredible talent, vocal cords like no other, and I've even seen seen him swing the golf club a couple of times too. And man, he he can really hit the ball. He hits it a long way when he when he catches it. Yeah, when he and, catches it. But his singing is unbelievable. Yeah. So let's roll right to him here, uh, Drake White, Nashville. You there, Drake? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? We're doing great. Doing great. How are you? 
man, I can't complain about a thing. The the sun's out here in Music City, and um, that's a good thing. I we're listening to some birds. I can feel spring coming. So oh, I can't wait for that. It's a, it's a good thing, man. It's a good day to be alive for sure. I said that this morning, Drake. I said, you know what? I woke up. It was a little gray and rainy here, but I said, it's a great day to be alive. Thank the big man above. Yeah, I think I've gotten pretty good at that here lately. You mm. know, getting um. I think you got it, the tiger by the tail, if that's how you start the day every day. Yep, I agree. Yeah, so, Drake, let's get into how we actually met, um, which is kind of funny. Um, I think that we met through uh, EJ and out of Nashville, a good friend of ours uh, that played hockey for the Nashville Predators, introduced me to EJ. EJ called me and said, hey, I got some guys that want to play a little bit of golf. I think you guys were going over to Charlotte for it an event and uh first thing I, wo- I i met you i woke up you guys walked upstairs in the house in north carolina and and uh introduced ourselves and we've been friends ever since and uh yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's what golf does it brings people together uh all walks of life again we never met and uh now we're still friends to this day i mean it's pretty cool. There's not too many things in this world that you can meet somebody. You might meet somebody at a bar and then you, you say your hello and go away and never talk again. But in the golf course, it really brings people together. Yeah, man. I, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. EJ is a connector and those people connect. But to, when you give a commitment for an 18 holer on a, on a Saturday, you're going to get to know somebody or you're going to get to know me. And because I'm not really going to hold anything back, you know? So it's just one of those, it's one of the purest forms of, hey, what's up, dude? I'm Drake. And, uh, man, I've got some lifelong friends that I've met the same way that I know through through the great sport of uh, of golf, you know? It, it's truly unbelievable because you can play it at any age. You can suck at it. You can be good at it. But you know what? Yeah. The beers go down the same way and the tee shots, we'll find them eventually. Yeah, man. So from there, I actually came out to Charlotte that night to watch your your concert, and that was the first time that I ever saw you perform. And uh, let me tell the listeners, if you have not heard Drake White, you need to go check him out because he is unbelievable. The guy has so much passion for what he does, and he puts on a show. Where does that come from, Drake? I mean, to get up every night, perform, you got to love what you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I think it, it, it... It stems from my roots in, in Alabama growing up. I was always had this beat on pots and pans, Huckleberry Finn type of freedom to do whatever the hell I wanted to do. I mean, my mom was a cosmetologist. My dad worked at Goodyear, and it was like, hey, grip it and rip it, man. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was water skiing, lean back on it and let it, let it rip. If right. it was chasing a girl, you know, go after her. Kiss that girl. Get, ask her to dance, you know. And if, it, if it's ramping, you know, motorcycles or whatever like get out there and make hit the jump wide open don't half-ass it mm. and i think that's that's the way that's the reason my golf is the way it is that's the reason it hooks and <laughs> and that's okay because i i just i just like to go after it and my my passion comes from that i guess from asking for asking forgiveness not permission type of mentality that my my parents and and really the men in my life raised me with Mm. Um, and the women but the men for sure they were like go for it dude yeah you got it you're the man you're awesome you're good looking you can dance you can swing just do it no and 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 that's the truth so 
kind of what you say is you, you have a entrepreneurial spirit behind you, right? So you're musically inclined. You had to take what you've been God given and, and project that out there to the universe so that people can, can recognize and people can hear you. And that takes effort. And I think kind of this whole chasing birdies approach is granted, we're talking about golf and literally chasing birdies on a golf course, but in life, we want to kind of connect to people who are out there chasing birdies in their own world, so to speak. So we're able to dial it back on a golf kind of scale, but in, in reality, in your world, you're doing it, man. And, and you've done it. I think that's, you know, that's, that's really uh, something that that's commendable. Thank you. Well, I think, I think it's a great name because um, to chase a birdie, you have to take a risk. At some point in the hole or some point of the match, mm-hmm. you have to take a risk to put a birdie on the card, you know? That's it. Um, sometimes it comes easy. Sometimes it's impossible. Sometimes you have a string of bogeys, and which I would consider my the last two years of my life, which we'll get into, I'm sure, a string of bogeys, you know, or double bogeys, triple bogeys even. Because in, in no control of my own, you know, I, I couldn't have done anything about it. But chasing a birdie requires a risk. And I think that, I think this pandemic, I think that times can test a man's confidence. Mm-hmm. And um, I think confidence is a big thing. It's one of the biggest things. Like if you approach life with confidence, like you said earlier, Bash, like, hey, I got up and, and thank God today was a good day. Yeah. Well, if you get up with that confidence that today's going to be a good day, well, you're probably going to close deals. You're probably going to have a little bit happier and better of life. And that's where the entrepreneurial spirit comes in. Like, I want to give. I want to be the, the lender, not mm-hmm. the borrower. You know, I want to I wanna give to people and, and help people. And, and that's, that's where the entrepreneurship comes in. I think the word's overused. But I think that that mentality is something that I'm very, very proud of it. Um, the conqueration or whatever you want to call it between my ears, like you can't beat me between my ears. No, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stainless steel there. Like, and, um, I attribute that to my, to my wife, who's my biggest fan, you know, my, my parents and the, the proximity is power. You know, the, the group of people that I hang around that are constantly stoking that fire and giving me that confidence to, to chase a birdie or to, to chase a note, to chase a yep. song, you know, or to chase a business endeavor, you know. Getting back to that note, when did you realize that, hey, you can you can make a profession out of out of being in the entertainment industry and being a singer and a professional songwriter? You know, when did that kind of eclipse and come to your realization that, hey, this is something that I'm doing, I can do? It was somewhere... I graduated from Auburn in 2007. We'll talk and, about um, that. I love it. I love it. We got some stories with you. And Auburn is Auburn's a, a super organic, you know, flannel wearing, you know, whiskey drinking, just juicy town. It's southern and it and it's awesome. And it was literally that confidence, that Huckleberry Finn type of freedom that I was gave the right to do by my parents. They asked me a buddy of mine was down on his luck and needed some money. I was like, Hey man, let's go. You can sing. I've heard you sing. And, and I'd sang around some campfires and just trying to, trying to, you know, to get girls and stuff like that. But I hadn't really 
and I knew a couple of chords on the guitar. But he goes, man, I'm broke. And I said, first of all, man, never admit that you're broke. Ever. <laughs> why, why in the world? You, you'll never get a girl. You'll never. Like, you can't walk around saying that. What are you talking about? And he's like, man, let's go get some Martin guitars and go get a PA on a stick and start playing some shows. And I was like, cool, let's do it. And what he meant was, why don't you go front me my guitar? <laughs> I can play guitar. And won't you front me the PA? And we did. And we started in a cul-de-sac, dude. And actually, it's a long story. We got a, we got the cops called on us in that cul-de-sac because everybody parties in trailer parks at Auburn. Mm -hmm. And we ended up at the cop was pretty cute. Uh, and I was hitting on her. And she said, um, my friend owns wings to go up the road. Like, why don't we just call him and see if y'all can play up there because y'all sound good. And I'm like, you dang right, we sound good, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we, so we start playing at Wings to Go, and, and three years later, you know, we were still playing every Saturday night. And, dude, we were making money. And I realized when some of the football team and some of the, the, the gymnastics team and the swim team at Auburn's Killer and baseball guys, and you know, just 150 people were showing up on – Saturday night in this little bar to, to, to listen to Dixieland a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I started, you know, kind of jotting down and, and making up songs and the freestyle version was born, you know, me just kind of spitting over the top of a, of a Martin guitar beat, you know, became this like infectious thing. And I started like really kind of thinking to my own and I was like, I'm moving to Nashville and chasing this man. Amen. I'd, I'd never written a song when I moved to Nashville. Well, and that's back to the chasing birdies. I mean, you're, you were going to chase the dream of being a country musician. Yeah. So you moved to Nashville. What happens next? Well, I moved and didn't, didn't really know anybody. Uh, moved in with my, uh, my buddy's sister-in-law. You know, I'm, I'm from the great state of Alabama. and In no way um, is this next statement like, I learned so much by this, but she was a lesbian and I moved in with her in East Nashville and started going like hanging with her and, and wine bars and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. East Nashville's super, um, super hipster. It's like the hipster area. Uh, they say, we'll steal your heart and your lawnmowers. <laughs> <laughs> like 37189 or whatever. Um, now that is 37206 or something. But, I kind of started coming in and meeting people mm -hmm. and that the skill set, the skill, the my greatest skill that I learned in Auburn was not engineering. It was communication mm -hmm. and how to walk up to somebody and say, Hey man, what's going on? Or, Hey, my friend, what's your name? What are yep. you doing? And right. uh, that's what I started doing in the Nashville in Nashville and started playing at losers, um, which is a bar that's completely changed now. I mean, it's, it's huge, but, when I was playing there, it was only about 25, 30 people. It was me and John Party and, you know, a couple of buddies. Is that now winners and losers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, we started playing there from 10 to 2 on Mondays. Wow. Me and Bobby Johnson and, and John Party, and, and nobody said anything, man. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm up there just doing our thing and rocking it. And um, looking back on it, it's because we wasn't really good yet. Mm -hmm. you know 
were we were good, but we wasn't really worth signing a deal over. You know, it's it's definitely a fine line. Like you like you're saying in Auburn, you're a rock star, right? And then you get to Nashville, yeah. and you're like, what the hell? You know, well, let me let me bust, let me bust up a, a statement that people say all the time. Oh man, you get to Nashville, everybody plays, everybody sings. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Like everybody is not great in Nashville. People that say, yeah, you can go down on on like if you're on Broadway, you're probably pretty good. I mean, you've got you've got chops, you've got a pretty decent thing. But do you have a thing? Do you have a swagger that sets you apart from every Tom, Dick, and Harry? I. I I don't know that that statement is true that everybody plays and everybody sings in Nashville. They do, but well, I would beg to differ that, questionable. that, it, that it's questionable. Like, you know, when somebody's got that special song mm-hmm. and we just hadn't developed it yet, you know? So you get all situated in, in Nashville and, and, and then after you started playing at losers, you know, when was the turning point when, when you got, um, you signed your first uh, record deal? Well, the, I, I, I stuck in there for about three years, three or four years from seven, eight, nine, and ten. And um, really, when I decided to kind of tie myself to the whipping post, I call it, you know, mm-hmm. there was this Tuesday night thing called Alabama Line, and Jamie Johnson was had just got Song of the Year and was getting popular. People like Randy Hauser and Lee Bryce were bouncing around town, and they they had some success. And uh, I was I was like, man, I can I can do this. I can. I mean, I know I know what I'm capable of. I can, I can do this. And I October the 28th of 2011, Brett, my my booking agent to this day, um, who is really the only remaining standard in my OG crew, like mm-hmm. the original crew. That guy walked into Blue Bar, which was across from, which it's closed down now, but which was across from Losers, and asked me if I wanted to tour with Willie Nelson. And I was like, "Man, you're so you're so full of shit." Wow. Um, <laughs> and he was like, "Man, I'm from Alabama. I'm from Dothan, Alabama. I'm I'm not. I work for CAA. There's a tour coming up. It's called the Throwdown Tour. And uh, well, let me back up. I'm sorry." That was after this random, and this is going to be a little long, but it's important, guys. Uh, bring it. We hey, we're it. here for the rest of the day, so go. I was, I'm playing in Blue Bar, which is a kind of a, a shady, a little bit of a shady bar, you know, across the street from Losers, and I start talking to my buddies Channing Wilson, Dave Kennedy, these guys, and and. I start saying, dude, we need to do something consistently. That's entrepreneur in me, right? So we start doing Alabama Line, which the late Wayne Mills, Jamie Johnson, and a couple other guys had started. Well, I said, I want to do Alabama Line. I'm from Alabama and just get a bunch of Alabama buddies up here and, and just guys in the South. Like Alabama Line meant everybody that touched you know basically the southeast mm-hmm. and it didn't matter where you were from you know it was just uh, i mean tommy two-tone played a couple of nights you know he was part of this thing so it was just an eclectic group of guys and i remember thinking dude if i play this thing every tuesday night through the cools through the not cools through the ends through the outs 
like, I'm going to make something. I'm going to do something. And I started writing songs. And I wrote a song called 50 Years Too Late. And I started singing that song at Alabama Lot. And you would get a slot, like a 15, 20-minute slot. You play three or four songs, and then go to the next person. And we'd basically play our songs and cut our teeth. And we did that every Tuesday night. And a bunch of my buddies were like, oh, I'm not going to do it every Tuesday. I'll do it this day. I said, I'm going to do it every Tuesday. And I made myself kind of a staple of that thing. I made it, you know, my night. Yeah. You know, it was everybody's night, but I, I was going to be there regardless, you know. Well, and that's the thing. For someone like you who's trying to make it, if you miss one of those Tuesdays and some big – I could miss what I'm about to tell you. Exactly. Yep. And and that's, that's again – you dedication you wanted to be there every tuesday because you never know you never know i mean i never knew i was going to meet you man bash never knew yeah. he was going to meet you but we're here yeah. and we're good friends and and we're here to talk about it for sure and that speaks to also your work ethic because you are one of the hardest workers i mean again we'll have beers before the concert and everything bash and i and we're tra- you're focused and you will not have a, a cold one until after the show and part of that's because yeah, it's you, your job, right? It's your career, it's your life. And, um, yeah. And boy, were those shows you were putting on. So, well, that, that changed, but that like, I'll have one every now and then. Sometimes I go on these kicks where I won't. Sometimes I do. It just depends on where my mindset is. But so that not back to playing every night, not myself to Tuesday night. I'm, I'm playing, there may be 20 people in this bar. And it's smoky. You can still smoke in there, which I thought was cool. And we're in there freaking putting out a vibe, you know? Like, I'm... Yeah, I'm you're vibing. Up, I'm up against the bar. You know, we've got uh, a couple of chicks in there, a couple of guys, and we're, and we're talking about songs that we had written and talking about things that we have done, just like Willie and Waylon would have done or any of our heroes, you know? Mm-hmm. And my my slot comes up, and I get up, and stomp a, a damn hole through the stage every Tuesday. Like, that's just what, that's where Drake White Stomp came from, was like. There it is. I just got up there and started stomping. Started jamming. And a guy by the name of Jeremy Stover walks in with Jamie Pollan and Jamie Pollan's wife. And the story goes that they were across the street at Losers. And Jamie back in his hell raising days was very privy to going over to the blue bar and, you know, raising a little bit too much hell. And his then wife, uh, well, it's his wife now too. She said, the only way I'm going out for one more drink is if we go to the blue bar. And they were like, what? The blue bar? Nobody goes to the blue bar. (laughs) But guess who was over there stomping a hole through the stage? Oh, Jay. Oh, man. And so they walk in, and they've got 10, 12 beers in their bloodstream. They're feeling good, and they're feeling 10 feet tall, and they walk in. And I'm denim on denim with a trucker hat on, stomping a hole through the stage, screaming, I was born 50 years too late. And Jeremy Stover has produced Justin Moore and all these guys. He's mm-hmm. doing well. And he's like, who, what is this? And he said that there were two people on their Blackberries. I'm dating this, so this is 2011, 12. 
said, they're on the blackberries, they're freaking rocking and rolling, and they're producers in there. And he's like, oh, this guy's working with these guys, I bet. said, they got up and they walked out. So after that, we had a couple of beers because a guy's wife and God threw it in the stars that night for Jeremy Silver to walk in. I met everybody in Nashville, and that's exactly how it went. I got six record deal offers. I got a, a publishing deal. I got a tour with Willie Nelson and Jamie Johnson and Randy Hauser, met Lee Bryce, met, uh, you know, one of my best buddies, Brent Cobb. And it was over, dude. And it was because of one night I decided to be – one night I decided to show up every Tuesday night. There you go. And dig and through it. Not, I didn't care if it was the place to be. I was going to make it the place to be. You know what I mean? Well, you made it the place to be, but now fast forward a little bit. Uh, when I when I first heard of Drake White, you know, this would be probably early 2016, late 15. And, you know, I think one of the first songs I heard was The Simple Life and Back to Free, which was a live version. Well, real quick, Drake, uh, this is one of my favorite stories that he tells. How did you come up with Back to Free? So... Um, brother Phil Pence, uh, that used to play bass with me, he's got, you know, he's like six, five, six, six, and he, he's got giant hands and giant feet. He's like, where's the son? He's massive. And his son was like five or six years old and learned how to ride a bicycle and kick the training wheels off. And there was this picture and it's on my, on the front of the, uh, my album spark. There was a picture, and he had a Superman cape on and uh, a pair of Incredible Hulk gloves on, like a Mohawk helmet on his head and cowboy boots on. And, like, this seven-year-old was truly in the moment. He had just learned how to ride a bicycle with no training wheels, right? So Mm -hmm. that's what we're after, no matter if we're chasing birdies or if we're chasing songs or we're chasing women, if we're chasing whitetails through the backwoods of Alabama. We're chasing, we're chasing free freedom, and that's what everybody's chasing. Exactly, is, is they just want to be free, whether it be from addiction, or whether it be from uh, oppression or chains, or you know, red or yellow, black or white. Like it don't matter race. They're all chasing freedom. That's all we want. And so this mm-hmm, kid mm-hmm. rolling down this hill just inspired this song with Randy Montana, who has five number ones in the last eighteen weeks, eighteen months right now. That's crazy. He's just killing it. We just got in my, you know, in my living room at, at in East Nashville and said, "Man, I want to, I want to, I want to channel that seven-year-old that's just learned how to ride a bicycle with no training wheels." So that's the plywood ramp, stack three bricks high type of lingo that that you hear in that. Right. Yeah, that song. When I first heard that song, that 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 did it for me. Fast forward a little bit more. Now you. You get to tour with the likes of Zach Brown Band, um, who who we watched y'all play with. Uh, what was that 18, 17? 17. And, you know, so your music career kind of escalated rather quickly, I would say. Would you agree to that? No. I, it, it, in terms of quick, it, quick, quickly is relative. But, yeah, I mean, it was, it was like there were so many things that had to happen between – Jeremy Stover walking in the blue bar and me opening up for Zach Brown. There was a lot of things that had to happen. I mean, that was, that, that was three or four years and 
you know, that's, that's a lot of, you know, I played in a lot of bars. I played for a lot of, you know, fraternities and uh, a lot of 150 to 200 date years. You know, I was, that's what I was playing through that time. And Yeah, it's not, it's not overnight. It's like a mini tour player. I mean, you have these mini tour golfers that play golf for 11 years on the mini tours, and then it's just that two, three weeks that they get hot, and now they're on the PGA Tour, and then who knows what happens. You know, it takes it takes a lot of skill and a little bit of luck too. And and part of your luck was being in the right spot at the right time, going there every Tuesday. Yeah, well, I mean, for me to to relate it to those guys that get hot for two or three weeks, you get hot for three weeks and you win a tournament, or mm-hmm. God forbid, two, then you're on the PGA Tour. For me, it's always been that you know the song we're chasing songs mm-hmm. because one song, whether it be a instance where you know it's a chicken fried type situation where dude it's one song and six months goes by you've been laying pipe for 10 years mm-hmm. for 12 years in every shithole dive bar everywhere and you get a team behind it you get some money behind it and get a label behind or it don't even have to be a label anymore but it's like a song it's one song it all starts with one song one swing one thing and then you know i mean it, it was all over and i'm talking about that you know mm-hmm. with that i mean he's putting thirty thousand people in in venues but the all the stuff leading up to that all the the midnight sweats of drop record deals like i've had i've been dropped from two different record deals you know had a stroke had people tell me i couldn't do it you know went in they basically funded my whole you know i've funded records i've lost the record i've lost money i've gained money i've won i've won money i've uh, had money given to me i've had medical bills paid off i've had medical bills pile up i've had people say that i was the best thing ever and then the next day you know i've been i've played shows in john belushi's house you know i've been up you know nearly up for the Grammys artist of tomorrow. And then you come through, lose a record deal. And I've been all the way down to the whole left side of my body. now. Mm. So it is a roller coaster ride, man. And if I didn't have my faith and, you know, and what that confidence that we talked about at the bidding at the beginning of the, the PCAST is like, I didn't have that structure. And that cornerstone, which is for me, is is um, is Christ and my 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 belief in that. You know, I'm not. I wouldn't say, you know, I'm not sitting up here trying to try. You know, trying to say that that I'm overly you know religious. But I that faith is what got me through all that, and it is it has been tumultuous to say the least. Yeah, I mean, you've you've had your ups and downs, and you know, let's talk about one of your downs, and and I would even consider it a down, but uh, what a year and a half ago, um, an incident in your life happened, and uh, you want to walk you want to walk us through what exactly happened? So I was training. We were about to go back on tour with Zach and go to Australia and Europe, and I got a headache, and that headache threw, put me in an MRI machine. MRI showed that I had a mass of veins and arteries in the back right side of my brain about the size of a lime. And that, that lime 
was called an AVM, and I was born with it. And that wad of veins and arteries was robbing adequate blood flow to the rest of my body, and it needed to be taken care of. How that they wanted to take care of it was glue it shut through a series of these things called embolization. And um, my doctor's name was Dr. Miracle, really. And a neurosurgeon's name. And he said, man, I think we can get rid of this thing with a series of six surgeries. And, dude, you can you can perform up to 48 hours. At, uh, you know, give it a second to, to rest the next day. But I, I literally think you with this blood pressure medicine and as long as we monitor it and you feel all right, you can perform the next day. So that's all I needed to hear. So I got go out there and start performing, end up performing 25, 30 shows through June, July, and August. And we have 75, 80% of the ABM embolized, four surgeries in. And uh, I go to Roanoke, Virginia, and jump on the horse in Roanoke to start playing a show. And about four songs into the show, I heard a loud pop. And that loud pop was that AVM rupturing causing the equivalent to a hemorrhagic stroke on stage. And uh, thank God I was I was on stage because I was in the spotlight and people, there was medical staff there and I was rushed to the hospital and that's why I'm still standing here today. Right. But ultimately it resulted in the paralysis of my whole left side, my left arm, my left hand, um, left foot. I had to re-teach myself how to walk through 40 days and 40 nights and wow rehab and and uh had to and i'm in the process of relearning how to play guitar right now that's what people don't understand when people go through things like this you want knock on wood i've never had anything happen like this but it's almost you want to give up right and you've hung in there and this is a testament to you again i keep going back to these tuesdays but you're always going to show up and you're always going to show up for your rehab or you're never going to give up and, and that's part of the reason, you know, Ryan and I respect you so much is no matter how down and out you are, you're, you're never going to give up. Yeah. And I can hit a 370 yard drive Amen. on a simulator. On a, on a simulator. simulator. I mean, come on. Bud. <laughs> so, I mean, so, so this happens and now you want to tell the listeners a little bit about the big fire fund and how we can help out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're rocking. We're going through, we're doing these Wednesday night therapy sessions in our barn. I built the barn and we we're coming up on our year anniversary of, and through Venmo and PayPal, those, those donations have literally went straight into my guys funds. Cause it's not necessarily me. I mean, yeah, I've got medical bills and yeah, I mean, I, I've got, I'm highly blessed, man, with, with what we've been able to, to accomplish. And yes, we have, substantial medical bills but that Wednesday night has saved has basically saved my life because I have to play like I mm-hmm. want to play and I want to be out there my guys want to be out there but the pandemic is exactly what I needed mm-hmm. yeah because the good lord knew I'd go out there and Katie bar the door I'd be like climbing mm-hmm. trying to climb stuff and fall right. off and to my death I guess yeah. but it was like he knew so in a way, the pandemic was something that it compounded on top of my already eight-month hiatus from from touring and, and playing. But 
it's something that the pandemic, something that, that ultimately has been a good thing. So we're playing every Wednesday night. We, and we, uh, on our socials on Drake White Stomp or Drake White on Facebook or YouTube. And it's, it's just awesome. So through that, we've been able to, to pay our bills, to pay uh, these things, to get, you know, new partners and partnerships going. I mean, it's, uh, I've written some of the best songs I've ever written in the last six months. And, uh, and then we did a 501c3, which mm-hmm. is the big fire fund. And I basically take the money in the big fire fund and disperse it to people in need. You know, I don't even, or, or, you know, I've paid some bills with it, of course, when we needed it, but we've also done tornado relief with it. We've done, uh, you know, there's so much need around Nashville. Once you kind of tap into that musical group. So it's, um, it's the big fire fund and I can, I, y'all can pop that up. Yeah. Your screens up. But check, check. Wednesday night stuff and, and just we're about to start touring again uh, we've got some shows booked just come see us you know come see us support live music oh um, I can't wait get out I, I can't wait for live music and and maybe what we'll do uh we'll tie in with the with the listeners is maybe we'll do a little meet and greet with you buddy when you're back on the road because I'm sure people want to meet you and, and and listen to your songs Ryan's got some comments you, you definitely want to give Drake a follow Drake white stomp on Instagram for you folks out there that have Instagram. I don't have Facebook, so I'm not quite sure what it is on, on Facebook, but Drake white stomp is his Instagram handle. And I was actually going to discuss a little bit about the Wednesday night therapy sessions. I saw that it was coming up on a year and you know, I, I can't, I'd be lying if I said I've, I've tuned into more than three, but at the end of the day, I do see kind of what you're throwing out there. Um, and I enjoy at least seeing the, the promotion of that, because like you said, you need that not only just from a monetary standpoint, but that's your soul, man. You know, you need to play, you need to play music to keep ticking. Yeah. I don't do it because, you know, somebody walked into blue bar and I had the opportunity to have record deals and all that stuff. It's like, it is exactly like breathing, you know, writing songs and expressing my, myself that way is, um, is, is a must, you know, that's the way I express it. And that's why we call it Wednesday night therapy. Cause it's just that it is, it has made me heal. And I didn't ask permission to do that. You know, everybody was scrambling, wondering what we were going to do during this pandemic. And I just told my guys, I said, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to plug up just like I did at blue bar you know, five, six, seven years ago, and I'm going to play every Wednesday night, whether it's cool or not, whether it's funded or not, whether it makes a lot of money or not, I'm going to play because people, I need this. And me and Alex, you know, me and Alex need it. And, and you know, it's, uh, she's been dealt a, a weird hand of cards with a, with an autoimmune disorder as well. So, these roller coaster rides I'm talking about, the valleys for me, I, I want to talk about that mentality because that's the TED talk that I had, had the opportunity to do. It's titled How Paralysis Helped Me Find My True 100%. Because until you, until you get to a place where you are on your knees and you're praying and you're, you, you realize that every day is a blessing, and you realize that, and, and I, man, I heard it cause blue in the face when I was 15 and 16 and, and through my twenties, nobody cares, man. Give me the stick. I want to grip it. I want to go I want to rip, yep. you know, 
Grip it and rip and it. I still want, I still, I'm going to do that. Like I haven't been able to play golf and, you know, since the injury guys, I mean, that's really, it's been, yeah, it's been really hard because, um, and I've, I've went up there and I've swinged some clubs, but I mean, that, that takes a lot of motor, motor skills. It does. And, yeah. Energy. You know, your hips, you don't realize. So now every time, and as we, me and Alex want to start a family and every time I carry my kid or whatever, or carry, take somebody golfing. When I, when I do hit the ball again, it's going to be, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be emotional. It's like mm-hmm. anything playing my first shows was emotional. Riding, you know, riding a bike is going to be, emo- you know, running again. I used to love to run and I haven't really been able to run because I can't right now. It's just the things that you take for granted in life. You don't realize right until something like that happens. Yeah, and I think that's what this pandemic, I, I know that's what it's done for me. And I know that's what it's done for other people, but like we're not going to take live music for granted. No. And I think from an entrepreneurial standpoint, it's done some great things for the business. And having me stripped back to the foundation. Yep, the core. Done a thing for my business because, you know, it's just great. The music business needed to be shook up. It did. Bad. Well, we can't wait to to play golf again and and with you. And there's no doubt about it, you'll be back playing. We're going to roll into the final segment of the episode here, which which my partner will ask you a couple of questions. It's called the tap-in segment, and it's brought to everyone by 44 Concierge. All right, guys. 44 Concierge is the premier concierge company for professional athletes or professionals. Started by current NHL veteran Nate Thompson, 44, make sure that all the moving parts of an athlete's life are organized and handled. So you just worry about scoring the winning goal, singing that song, or draining that birdie putt. 44, make sure their athletes enjoy more and worry less. So go check them out at 44concierge.com. All right, Drake, you ready? Ready. Roll Tide or War Eagle? Whew. Man, right off the bat. Right off the bat. It's, it's, it's a... It's a long, it's a long answer. Um, went to school at Auburn, graduated from Auburn, raised a big Alabama fan, love their excellence, love what Nick Saban does. Um, uh, I got to say War Eagle. All right. That's a surprise, but hey. I've seen you throw that toilet paper. Yeah, man. That was a great time. That was. All right. Number two, Willie Nelson. Uh, legend. Uh, Amazing, peace-oriented, like zinned-out dude that just just cares about people. Mm-hmm. He cares about. He genuinely cares about people. Loves what he does, and you know, you always kind of look at him as a mentor for sure. Glad to know him. Yeah, and he gave you uh, one of your first opportunities, so that's that's fantastic. All right, he is great. Number three, the coolest venue that you have ever played at. Um, it's a toss up between Red Rocks and the Gorge. Wow. I said Red Rocks before he even asked you the question. I I thought it was going to be Fenway, but what do I know? That was good. That was good. Red Rock, man, I'm, I'm kind of a hippie. Like I'm a, I'm a hippie cowboy, you know, (laughs) and I love Colorado Uh. for many, many reasons. But being, I mean, we played there with Willie Mm. in that big, it was just, it's just amazing, you know, being up there in, in God's creation was surreal. Awesome. Yeah, 
Yeah. All right. Fourth and final question, Drake. Your dream foursome when you are are back to playing golf, which we can't wait for. What is your dream foursome? Hmm. Man. Dream foursome would be alive or dead. Anything. Anything. Anybody that you want. Cool. Willie Nelson, Arnold Palmer, Tony Robbins, and me. That's What's awesome. That? That's fantastic. Now That's a good group, that, man. That's a pretty solid group, and I feel like that group would have a lot of fun. Solid group. I mean, I feel like there would be oh, some dude. vitamins going around. Because when I think of that question, I think of, like, you would get some major information, like, really great. Because I think, Arnie, you know, that's a lot of wisdom. Oh, yeah. Willie, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, they're just all caring dudes that I think could, could partake. And like you said at the beginning, that could end up with a lifelong, I mean, all of them, but one, of course, could end up with a lot, with, I, I look at it as lifelong friendship after what you could accomplish after the golf round, you know? Right, right. Yeah, oh, for that's sure. True. So I don't want to put you on the spot, and if you don't feel comfortable doing it, you don't have to, but I, I mean, let's, let's give the, the people a little bit of a, a breakdown of uh, just a quick little Throw throw together a few uh, lines for us. You can make them up. Because um, I, I think this is where you're the most talented person. So it'll be like, here comes spring at the long cold wind. I can't wait to swing that club. Can't wait to swing it again. Honey and old Mr. Willie, what you going to do yet? I'm high as a pine tree in the master cause I've got that rhythm deep inside my soul that you need to understand. I be chasing birdies, chasing songs. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I got that rhythm deep in my soul. It don't matter what you do. As long as you grip it, lift it, my son, and keep on driving through. Hey, I mean, that, and, and if that's not enough for you to go check him out, I don't know what it is, people. Drake, thank Dude. you so much. That was awesome. <laughs> that was so awesome. Thank y'all. Man, how good was uh, Drake there at the end with that freestyle? That's what he's known for. Yeah, I mean, on the spot, he was so creative in using Chase and Birdies within that, but what a great story, man. I mean... You talk about coming from Alabama, having to crack the Nashville music scene, giving God-given talent. That was fun. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. So I think uh, for you listeners out there, we appreciate your support always in listening. and um, Always. The support has been – let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, now we dropped the episode, the Masters edition. Now we got this one dropped and grateful for all the love and – Mm-hmm. I think people are starting to catch on. Starting to catch on. It's a slow process, but we're here for the process. And we're absolutely, we're here to build it organically. I think looking ahead, listeners, we have an awesome episode. Our next guest episode is going to be dropping. I mean, how many Hall of Famers have you guys talked to? Yeah. The heart was pumping a little bit on that one, bud. <laughs> I was a little nervous. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, you spilled the beer all over me. I spilled a duck hook all over Bash's cell phone, his, uh, his which boxers, bo- which 
funny enough, if you listen to the Masters episode, he doesn't wear pants. Yeah. So he was wet doing the interview with Annika uh, from the beer. Uh, we had duck hook all over the place. The boys were a little nervous. We you. don't get like that very often, but you know what? It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it is everything that you can imagine. She is the most down-to-earth uh, woman. I mean, she's a Hall of Famer. She was in the Hall of Fame at 33 years old. Yeah, it's unbelievable. 33 years old, I'm still trying to figure life out. Mm-hmm. Most people are. So looking ahead to that episode, can't wait to bring that to y'all. And we want to give a thanks to our production manager and partner over there at Simpler Media for putting this episode together and all episodes together for that matter. And uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening to this other episode of Chasing Birdies. Peace.